news, information, and talk for the Fox Valley. The big one, AM 1280 WBIG, Aurora, Naperville. God bless you and welcome to the Solution Radio Show. Thank you for joining me today. Jesus Christ is the solution for all the situations you and I might find ourselves in. He is God's solution for all mankind for all time. He stated in the Gospel of John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Jesus Christ, he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Jesus Christ is the one who makes a difference. He made a difference in people's lives 2,000 years ago when he lived and walked among people, and he makes a difference today because he was raised from the dead and he's now seated at God's right hand in the heavenlies. I trust that Christ Jesus makes a difference in your life today, that you see the tremendous love that God has for you, that you come to have a deeper and more full relationship with God as your Heavenly Father, that you see your purpose in life is far above the day-to-day -day circumstances of life. God's love for you knows no bounds. We have a very exciting program today. We'll hear some wonderful music, read some of the Bible together, and in the second half hour, our guest interview is with a man that ministers to former gang members and those enslaved in human trafficking by removing and transforming identifying tattoos. His name, Chris Baker of Inc. 180. It's an interview you won't want to miss. Let's start off with this song by Aaron Schaefer, Glory to Glory. Tried with all my might To be a better man You know I lost that fight Time and time again No we're left to go when you took me by the hand and now from glory to glory my life's been made to radiate a reflection of your son and Transformed through a great mystery From glory to glory Each day I see your grace sunshine through the clouds mistakes I've made that you forgave everything looks different now there was no way I could have known Change my life this way. And now from glory to glory, my life's been made to radiate a reflection of your sun. His power only. 
I thought today that we'd look at the topic of how God is the Father of mercy and He's the God of all comfort. If you have your Bible handy, uh, you could turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verse 3. That's where we'll begin. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. It says here that God is the Father of mercy. Well, what is it to be merciful? Mercy has been defined as the withholding of earned judgment, and it certainly is that. Often we'll see in God's word both mercy and grace together. Grace is the receiving of God's unearned favor. We have done nothing of ourselves to earn either God's mercy or his grace. He is merciful and he is gracious because he loves us, because he is love. The mercy of God is also displayed in compassion. It's always appropriate to look at the life of Jesus Christ and his example to see the heart of the Father, to see the heart of our God, the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort. So let's look at a couple records in the Gospels. Uh, the first one we'll look at is in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14 and verse 13 is where we'll begin reading. When Jesus heard of it, and what is it he heard of? It was that John the Baptist had been beheaded. He departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth, and he saw a great multitude, and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Jesus Christ was moved with compassion. This was immediately after Jesus learned of the death of John the Baptist, his forerunner, the great prophet, whom Jesus called the one greatest among men born of a woman. He was Jesus Christ's cousin. He had just been beheaded. Can you imagine Jesus' heart? He knew what the life of John the Baptist meant to the Father. He knew what John's life meant to the children of Israel. And now he had been brutally murdered. Jesus saw the great multitude, and his heart was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. That is a wonderful example of God's mercy and his comfort in action. Let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 8. Another record where we see in the life of Jesus Christ the mercy of God manifested or shown forth. In the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 2, And early in the morning he, Jesus, came into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and he taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery, in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What do you say? Verse 6, This they said, tempting him, that they might have a reason to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down, and with his finger he wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself, and he said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down, and he wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Verse 10, When Jesus had lifted up himself, and he saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Has no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. That is God's mercy. That is compassion. Men so often are so quick to judge and bring condemnation upon another. In that situation, Jesus was the only one without sin among them. He's the only one that could have cast a stone. He didn't. He loved her. And in his words, Neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. That is the great mercy of God. There's another verse in the Gospel of John, chapter 13. 
which is really, really remarkable. Verse 1, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, he knew that his crucifixion was near, that his death was near, and that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And that word end is an interesting word. It means that he, he loved them completely. It's not so much talking about the end as it pertains to time, but it's talking more about the end of doing whatever it took. He was obedient to the Father all the way unto the end. He was a man of service to God and to God's people. He gave God's people God's word and God's love, God's mercy and God's compassion. He held nothing back. He loved them unto the end. He did all that was required. In the Old Testament, there are many, many examples of God's great mercy and grace towards his people. Time and time again, the children of Israel rebelled against God. And time and time again, God extended great mercy towards his people. Let's look at a couple things in the Old Testament. Uh, Nehemiah, let's start there in chapter 9, verse 16. But they and our fathers dealt proudly and hardened their necks and hearkened not to thy commandments and refused to obey, neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou did among them, but hardened their necks and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and forsook them not. Here the children of Israel refused to obey God, and in their rebellion they appointed someone to lead them back to their bondage. <laughs> that's, that's insane, but that's what happens when someone doesn't recognize God the great grace and the great mercy of the creator of the heavens and the earth, God, who is our Father. And it says that God was ready to pardon them. He was gracious. He was merciful, slow to anger, of great kindness, and he forsook them not. In that same chapter, look at verse 28. But after they had rest, they did evil again before thee. Therefore left thou them in the hand of their enemies, so that they had dominion over them. Yet, when they, the children of Israel, returned and cried unto thee, unto God, God heard them from the heavens, and many times did he deliver them according to his mercies. Verse 31, Nevertheless, for thy great mercy's sake, thou did not utterly consume them, nor forsake them, for thou art a gracious and a merciful God. God is a gracious and a merciful God. He's the Father of mercy. In Deuteronomy, a little further back in the Old Testament, uh, chapter 7 and verse 9, this one says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. God is not only merciful, but he's a faithful God. He keeps his word. He doesn't lie. He doesn't misrepresent. He doesn't say one thing and mean another. No, he's a faithful God. He is merciful. He's willing to pardon and forgive. And he really showed the greatness of his mercy through the life of Jesus Christ and through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and then the giving of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. You talk about mercy. We'll actually read a verse or two in Ephesians regarding that. That's tremendous mercy. Absolutely nothing you or I did to earn that mercy and that grace from a very loving and kind Heavenly Father. The book of Psalms in so many different places talks about the great mercy of God. Let's look at Psalm 25, and we'll start in verse 6. Psalm 25, verse 6. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord, 
Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. Verse 10. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. Psalm 86. In Psalm 86, verse 3, let's look there. Verses 3 through 5 we'll read. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer, and attend to the voice of my supplication. Verse 15 in that same psalm. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion, and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. Wow! <laughs> what an awesome God we have. What an awesome Father we have. And he's the Father of mercy. Psalm 136, I'm not going to read Psalm 136, but if you have time to, to do so, take a look at that because every single verse in Psalm 136 talks about the mercies of God and how they abound and how rich they are. Psalm 138, though, let's go there and let's read verse 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the work of thine own hand. God will not forsake you. His mercy endures forever. He's a faithful God. His love is unfailing, and his love for you never ends. Look at Psalm 145, verse 9. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies, his tender mercies are over all his works. Remember in the Gospels how we read those couple records of the Lord Jesus Christ displaying the mercy of God through his compassion towards others? Well, let's look at a couple things in the church epistles that are addressed to you and I. And we'll start in the book of Romans, chapter 12, and verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's by the mercies of God that Paul wrote here, I beseech you to present your bodies a living sacrifice. We see the great mercy, the great love our Heavenly Father has towards us. In response, we're to present ourselves a living sacrifice. We are to live for Him. That's our reasonable or logical duty. I mean, what else is there to do? Look at Ephesians chapter 2. A couple books over to the right. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 is where we'll start. But God, who is rich in mercy, rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Please don't ever think that God doesn't love you. Please don't ever think that you're not good enough for God. <laughs> He's rich in mercy. Mercy is withholding of merited judgment. Mercy is compassion. Mercy loves. We saw the examples of Jesus Christ. God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened or made alive us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. He has raised us up together. He's made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show or put on exhibit the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith or believing, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. What a wonderful, loving, kind, gracious Heavenly Father we have. He is rich in mercy towards us because of his great love towards us. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. 
Let us therefore, and therefore on account of why, because let's start at verse 15, for we have not a high priest, Jesus Christ being our high priest, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Jesus Christ was tempted with any temptation that you could ever be tempted with, yet he was tempted without sin. On account of that, let us therefore come boldly, boldly under the throne of grace. Why? That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In our time of need, that's when we come boldly under the throne of grace. And God is more than willing to meet us where we're at and to work in our heart and in our life to help us to see his great love for for each and every one of us. It doesn't say that we're to come boldly to the throne of grace when we have our lives together. (laughs) No. It says that we're to come boldly in our time of need. In our time of need. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 where we first started. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we'll read that verse again. Actually, no, it was 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be God even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. It is so comforting to know that our Heavenly Father is so merciful towards us. As David said in Psalms, let each of us say today, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusts in Thee. I was lost, my world was filled with tears and troubles, times were tough. Evil days, living life was one big bother, one big bluff. Running hard. No escape from darkness inside I was enslaved But God stepped in And by His mercy, His love and kindness I was saved And now I My Father set me free, yes, I love the life I'm living, and I know that I know that Christ in me, sometimes I forget that I've been given my life's dream. Peaceful days with Jesus Christ alive inside me, life supreme. Then I stop, put off the world, and thank the Father for His Son. Times are great. My sorrow's gone, my life's been made right, I have won. And now I love the life I'm living, cause I know how God my Father set me free, yes, I love life I'm living, and I know that I know that Christ in me 
I know that I know I know that I know yes I know that I know that Christ in me our guest today is the founder of Inc 180 Inc. 180 transforms the painful reminders of gang affiliation or those enslaved by human trafficking by covering up or removing the identifying tattoos. Inc. 180 offers an opportunity for a second chance. I'd like to welcome the founder of Inc. 180, Chris Baker. Chris, it's great to have you here today on the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Chris, could you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to know Jesus Christ? Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in Los Angeles in a pretty rough area. Lost some friends out in L.A. and decided to move my family, my wife and I and our three kids, to Chicago about nine years ago. I was working for a Fortune 100 company at the time, and about six years ago I went through a, a downsizing with work. I got thrown into a real deep depression, and my wife came to me one day and she said, you know what, we, we need to get some help with this. And uh, I agreed. And we went and saw a counselor. We were asking some friends who had gone through some issues, you know, what counselors they had tried out. And the same name and place kept coming up, and it was the Samaritan Interfaith Counseling Center in Naperville. And Joan Guest is the counselor. Kept looking at my wife and saying, you know, that's a church thing, and we don't do church. You know, we, we were in church as kids, and then we kind of went away from it. But we said, if, if this many friends recommend her and this place, we should give it a shot, you mm -hmm. know. And we went in, and, and I'm covered in tattoos, and I walked in, and Joan was very conservative, and I was thinking to myself, oh, I'm, I'm done. She's going to rip me apart, and she's amazing, and she's still my counselor today. At the end of that first session, we kind of laid everything out, what we wanted to work on, and she asked if she could pray for us. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, you know, I'm ashamed of it now, but I kind of rolled my eyes, and I was like, you know, if it makes you feel better, go for it. And she did. And it didn't make her feel better. It made me feel a whole lot better. Mm -hmm. um, I experienced Jesus when she prayed for me and my wife, and my wife did as well. And I got really excited and decided, I was like, I need to go to church. This is what's missing in my life. This is what's missing in our lives. We've shut God out of our lives, and we need to, we need to fix this now. So uh, I went to church that next day. It was Sunday, and my wife had to work. But I was like, I'll check it out, and if I like this church, we'll check it out together next week. And I went in and um, wearing a short sleeve shirt and shorts and tattoos everywhere and almost kind of daring people to not welcome me into church. And it was the complete opposite. They were fantastic and very welcoming, very accommodating, and met the pastor. And the pastor had just gotten back from Haiti, and he was talking about all the devastation with the, uh, the earthquake in Haiti and, and uh, about a, talking about a future mission trip because they have a... a organization called New Life for Haiti where they build schools and churches in Haiti and I got um, a lot of people when they talk about doing mission work they say oh I felt a real nudge to go and do this I didn't feel a nudge I felt like I was getting kicked in the back <laughs> and I was being told you're going to go do this and you're going to love it and it's going to change your life and it did um, that was really the jump off point and uh, I haven't looked back since wow that's awesome yeah that's uh, great quite a transformation with Jesus oh. Christ when he comes into the situation. Huge transformation. Yeah. He's done amazing work in my life for yeah, sure. That's really cool. Now you've been an artist for many years. Yes. Um, when working with youth groups you were initially involved in covering up graffiti with artistic murals. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about that and then how it eventually led to what you're doing today covering up tattoos and markings for both gang members and those involved in human trafficking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, about a year into my walk with faith, the pastor came up to me one day after church. and He's like, you know, Chris, all these high school kids are hanging out with you after church. What's going on? I said, well, I'm covered in tattoos, and they assume that that makes me cool at some point, and they don't know that I'm not, and I'm not telling them any different, but, um, you know, they enjoy talking about the tattoos. And he asked me, he's like, have you ever thought about helping out with the youth group? And I looked at him, I said, Pastor, I said, honestly, I'm just trying to get myself right with Jesus. You know, and I've heard so many people say it since I said it, and uh, it kind of makes me chuckle every time I do because there's a, a great phrase that I've, I've heard numerous times, and it says, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. Mm -hmm. 
And so I thought about it and I prayed about it and I was like, well, yeah, I'll help out. There's other adult leaders there that can help me out if I, you know, start going the wrong way with it. And I started and they gave me all the high school boys, like give Chris all the craziest ones, <laughs> all the high school boys. So we, uh, we got to know each other. And through that, a lot of the kids were very artistic in different mediums, you know, drawing, painting. Uh, I was the only tattoo artist for obvious reasons, but, uh, started talking about how we could use art to serve God hmm. and get out in the community. And we, we brainstormed on it and prayed on it and we're like, well, let's go down to Joliet, go up to the hill and start covering gang graffiti with some beautiful mural work to kind of bring some light and, and some cool artwork into a neighborhood that really could use it. And we loved it. It was really cool because those kids would bring their friends and a lot of their friends didn't go to church. Hmm. So in addition to doing this cool artwork, they were hearing about Jesus. Awesome. And then over time, they would come to church with their friends. Mm -hmm. And then they'd be coming on their own. And then their parents would come with them. So it was a really cool way to, to get the word of, of God out to kids that weren't going to church. After a little while, we all kind of felt like we're checking the box a little bit. You know, it was all good work to do. It was really good work to do. But what are we here for? What's our purpose? So we started working on that as a group and I'm the kind of person that I'm not going to tell somebody to do something if I'm not going to do it myself. So I started praying about it and just asking God, I'm like, you know, I messed up the first 38 years of my life being greedy and arrogant and, um, just making poor choices. And I want to serve you for the rest of my life. You just have to tell me what you want me to do. I got that answer pretty quick and very clear. It was, what do you love to do more than anything else? And will you do it for free? And I thought about it. It's like, well, I love tattooing more than anything else, but there's no way that's doing God's work because, you know, I get enough people that are opposed to tattooing and mm -hmm. I respect their opinion. It's okay. I just have a different opinion. So I kept praying about it. And it was like I was being told, hey, you asked me what you should do. I told you what you should do. Now stop questioning me and go get to work. <laughs> and about that time it clicked, um, I saw these little video clips of earlier parts of my life in Los Angeles of friends going away to prison, hmm. friends going uh, to a funeral home. And it was just immediate. It clicked in. I start covering gang tattoos for free to help people get that second chance like I got. And about the same time, I got the, the verse that came with it. And everything that we do is based around 2 Corinthians 5.17. Mm-hmm. It's just that very simple. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the old is gone and the new is here. It's all about becoming a new creation in him. Mm -hmm. New creation in Christ. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really, that's a great heart and a great foundation Absolutely. for what you do. Uh, when I was at your uh, shop the other day, your yeah. office the other day, I saw sitting out front the mobile unit. Yes. And I read a little bit about that online, and I believe that was a miracle answered prayer kind of thing. Absolutely it was. Maybe tell us a little bit about that. And yeah, about two years ago, I got a phone call uh, from Shanna Callahan over at Ridge Ambulance in Montgomery. And she's like, hey, uh, you know, I, I've read that you want to have this mobile part of your ministry to reach people that can't come down to Oswego. I was like, yeah, I'd love to. You know, it's something, you know, eventually, I mean, we're so razor thin on money. It's, you know, we couldn't go buy something. And mm -hmm. she's like, well, we have four retired ambulances that we just were going to give away. So why don't you come check them out, see if they might work. So we did. We went out to their farm uh, that Sunday after church. And, I, you know, as I'm driving over there, when I'm hearing old ambulances, I'm thinking like Ghostbusters old ambulances, you know. <laughs> Pull up, and there's these four gorgeous ambulances, and they're lined up in their front yard. And they come out and meet with us, and they're like, pick whichever one you want. Mm -hmm. So we were looking at them, and they were kind of telling us which one, you know, they thought was the best one, and we agreed. and. I said, you know, how much? Is there any way we can work out some kind of payment arrangement? Because I'm real tight on money. They're like, no, no, we want to give it to you. We nice. want to donate it to the wow. ministry because we believe in what you do. And uh, they're a Christian organization as well, great people. And that was the first mobile unit. We got it wrapped. We got the flooring changed out. But what we do now is we, we take that mobile unit, and now we've had a second one donated, where we take that and, and we team up with churches in the inner city places like Englewood and Pilsen and Little mm -hmm. Village and 
help go up there and do gang removals for people that can't easily get down to Oswego. Yeah, those are some of the roughest areas of town, too, for it sure. It is. It is. Now, in some of those places that you've gone to, can you relate an incident where it was just clearly a God-appointed visit to that neighborhood or that area? Yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, one of the first times we went to Englewood, it was unbelievable. There was a young man there uh, named Junior that I was working with. I was doing a gang removal on uh, his hands. And he's sitting there, and as he was walking up to the ambulance, he had a really severe limp. And I, as I was doing his removal, I was talking to him. And I said, "How are you all right? You know, you look like you got hurt. And he pulls up. He was wearing shorts. He pulled his shorts up just a bit, and he had these huge scars. Hmm. And uh, he was just shot four weeks prior oh, wow. with an AK-47. Hmm. And it basically destroyed his femur. Hmm. He got hit eight times. And he was telling me as we were sitting there that he had been shot four times in his life. He was 20 years old. Oh, boy. And twice while he was an active gang member and twice since he left the gang. Mm. And, you know, people will ask sometimes, you know, they're like, well, what's the big deal? If they left the gang, what's the big deal if they still have the tattoos? Well, it's very dangerous for them because that tattoo marks them and labels them as a part of a gang. Mm -hmm. And it's very obvious to other gangs what gang that is. So they're always looking over their shoulder for former foes and former friends even to come and take them out. Mm -hmm. um, so having that tattoo labeling them is very dangerous. So, yeah, it was, um, it was a remarkable thing. And then six months later, I got back up there and saw him and his wife had just had a baby. Mm -hmm. So it, it's stuff like that. You know, it's, you have something to live for. Right. And you need to be there for your kids. And, you know, give them what you didn't have mm -hmm. growing up. So yeah, the story of another great transformation. Yeah. That's that's really cool. Yeah. In your ministry, you probably see a lot of those transformations. Is sure. there another incident or two that you'd like to share with us about where you saw God work mightily in the heart and life of somebody? Yeah, I had a, a man named David and his wife, uh, Amber, came in about six months ago. And he had two teardrops on his face. And he had been involved with a, a gang in Chicago and had completely moved away from the area, was working, was really doing great things to change his life. And he came in and they had three kids and uh, sitting there talking to him and he was lo looking for work. Well, luckily we were able to hook him up with somebody that could uh, get him a better job so he could get promoted, buy a house. And uh, about three weeks after that, he came in for another session. He's like, yeah, you know, tell me about your church. I started telling him about church. Um, he was really interested in that. He felt like it was something missing out of his life. Mm -hmm. And I explained how my life was and how much different it is now. And he got really excited, kind of like I did when Joan prayed for us. Mm -hmm. And I prayed for him and his wife and uh, got them connected with a great church over in Lockport where they were living. And he called me about a month after that. And he's like, hey, will you come to the church? I'm getting We're getting baptized. Mm -hmm. So it was great. And then last week they were just in for his final session to show us their new baby. Wow. So wow. Yeah, there's a lot of cool <laughs> stuff like that. That's great. It's got to be so rewarding for you, too, to, it to is. see how your life affects them. You're able to share the gospel of Jesus yeah. Christ. You know what I'm sort of interested in a little bit, too, is the human trafficking. Mm. Because I guess maybe I'm sort of ignorant as to what goes on, but I'm hearing more and more that even here in our area, yeah, there's a lot of that. I was the same way. I was in the same boat because I had no idea this was happening. I had no idea human trafficking was happening in Chicago, let alone the suburbs. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my friends is an agent with Homeland Security, and he told me one day after church, he's like, you should come meet with my gang unit and work together. And I was really excited because it was kind of my first step into federal law enforcement. And I had him set the meeting up, and as I was driving up for the, that meeting that morning, he called me up and said, hey, do you mind if uh, another team sits in on this? They want to hear what you're doing. I said, sure, you know, no big deal. A few more federal agents in the room, no problem. I said, who is it? He said, well, it's our trafficking team. I said, what does drug trafficking have to do with removing tattoos? He said, no, this is sex trafficking. Hmm. And I got really quiet, and I said, please, God, tell me that doesn't happen here because I've yeah. read about it happening overseas and, and how horrific it is. And he said, it, it definitely happens here. It's a huge problem. I said, absolutely have them sit in. I'd love to talk to them and see how we might be able to help. Mm -hmm. 
and did the gang presentation, decided to work together right away. And I said uh, a sentence that has changed my life and my family's lives forever. I said, please educate me about sex trafficking in America. Mm-hmm. And they did. Um, they started giving me facts and figures. Um, there's an estimated 250,000 American kids being sold for sex in this country every day. Wow. Against their will. And uh, of that, 20,000 of those kids are in Chicago in the surrounding suburbs. And after about an hour of just educating me, I asked them, I said, what do tattoos have to do with this? And they started showing me pictures, and Mm -hmm. it it broke my heart. They started showing me pictures of barcode tattoos, Mm -hmm. pimps names tattooed on girls, um, nicknames that are given to the girls tattooed on them, vulgar images tattooed on them. And it broke my heart for a couple of reasons. First of all, nobody should be subjected to this anywhere in the world. It's disgusting. Um, Second is I'm a father of three and I have two girls. Mm -hmm. And these girls look just like my daughters. The third is it's the first time I've seen the art form that I love of tattooing used in such a disgusting and disgraceful manner. Mm -hmm. And uh, then they asked me after the meeting, they said, would you be willing to open your ministry up to help uh, helping these victims? Of course, how could you say no? Right. And uh, the federal government, like they do, I mean, I'm happy they did this. When they hear about a free program that helps people they're trying to help, they tell all the other agencies. So now we're on the um, national provider list for the FBI, Homeland Security. We work with ICE, uh, the state's attorney's office. Mm -hmm. We were just down in Springfield um, at a meeting. Last year, we helped get a law changed to allow us to do tattoo removals for minors who have mm-hmm. gang and sex trafficking related tattoos. Um, before that, uh, it was the same as tattoo laws. You had to be 18 or older. So um, that helps us out a lot because a lot of the, especially the sex trafficking uh, victims are under 18. It's interesting too, by removing those markings, you help to bring value back to the people's lives. Yeah, it's, you know, those tattoos are, you know, people will ask a lot, you know, why do these pimps tattoo those girls and and why do those girls allow them to do it? These are ruthless individuals that they're being held captive by. Mm -hmm. And it's not a choice that they get to make. Oftentimes they're drugged, actually, and they're not even conscious when these tattoos are applied. But um, it, it does, it helps, you know, every time they look in the mirror, these tattoos are always in high visible high visibility areas like the side of the neck um, the hands Mm -hmm. you know I've even had them on girls faces like over their eyebrow and so every time they look in the mirror brush their teeth brush their hair they're going to have to look at that and be constantly reminded and triggered back to that time when they were being trafficked and it's just it's our way of helping remove that part of it Mm -hmm. you know their their recovery and their rehabilitation process is so large um, but we're blessed to just play a small role in that and take away those visual reminders. That's great. Helps to bring freedom to those people's Absolutely. lives. Um, recently, or maybe it was not so recently, I'm not sure how long ago it was, but the Total Living Network did a documentary on you and your ministry through uh, 180 Inc. Can you tell us a little about that? Yeah. Um, Greg Bogdan came to my church. It's about, I think it was about a year and a half now. Um, he came in and said, I, I'd heard about the work you're doing and here's who I am, this is what we do, and I'd love to do a documentary on your work. And at first I wasn't really sure um, mm-hmm. because the work that we do is very private and I'm trying to keep anonymity for those that we do help out because it is dangerous for them and us. But then I started talking to to some of those folks that we've been helping out and so yeah, there's a group, uh, Total Living Network, wants to make a documentary on our work. Would you be willing to tell your story? And they all said yes. Even some of the sex trafficking victims that we'd worked with who were being um, paid as advocates to speak mm-hmm. about sex trafficking. So they were kind of used to that. And I uh, went back to Greg and I said, I don't want this to be a, a hey, look at Inc. 180 documentary. I want it to be, hey, look at what God's doing in these people's lives. You know, okay, fine. Show us doing the work that we do. But Inc. 180 is not about... Chris Baker or Lisa Baker or Joel or Orion or any of us that do the physical work that we do. It's about the transformation power of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to do a documentary to make 
my bring myself any fame i want to make jesus more famous right right so if you can tell these folks stories and do them justice and i want jesus to show up in this documentary then i'm fine with it and i'll do it and they did an amazing job wow that's great it's, it's blown me away every time i watch it now it's still it's just better and better every time I see it. Now, people can purchase that online, or yeah, we, is it viewable through Netflix or anything like that? Or uh, It's not through Netflix yet, but I know they're working on that. But um, Total Living Network, their website, they sell it online. Okay. And we have it available for sale at the shop on DVD okay. as well. I'll put a link up, too, for the shop and for Total Living Network so yeah. people can get right to that DVD if they want to view it. Sure. Um, in closing, Chris, is there anything on your heart that you'd like to share with the young people today and to our listeners out there that might encourage them and help them to just to know Jesus Christ and to know God greater? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jesus is for everybody. I thought I was too far gone. I thought I was too much of a mess. I thought I had sinned way too much to ever be considered lovable by Jesus, and that's just not the case. So that's the first thing I want to say to people is nobody is too far gone for grace. Grace is for everybody. And the second thing that I really want to get out there is don't listen to this and say, wow, that, that's a really great thing that he does, and then go on with your day. You need to pray and ask God what he wants you to do because that's all we did. That's all I ever take any credit for. I asked God what he wanted me to do. I listened and I followed through. He's done all the heavy lifting, and he's made this all happen. It's not about any of us and our work. It's about his work. So he's got the same thing waiting for you. Just pray about it and be open to listen. That's awesome. And and what you said there just triggers in my heart what is so true. You go to God, you ask him what he'd like for you to do, and he will show you. And when you're obedient to that calling or to whatever it is he's asked you to do, he'll give you the resources. Absolutely. He'll be there to back you up. He'll give you the strength. Yeah, no question at all. I mean, we've had times on months where you know the rents due by the 5th and and the the 5th is on a Sunday and we'll mail it I'll mail the check in on a Friday knowing that I'm $608 short mm-hmm. and I'll work all over the weekend and I don't count my money until Sunday night to go put it in the bank and I have $608 to put in there. <laughs> That's you know, great. He, he works in amazing ways. Oh, so. he sure does. Now, what would be the easiest way for people to get a hold of you for either to donate to your ministry or maybe they need a tattoo removed or they'd mm-hmm. like to get a godly tattoo, which you do do? Yes, we do. Yeah, uh, yeah they can get a hold of us uh, by calling Inc. 180 at 630-554-1404 uh, or check out our website, Inc180.com uh, or Inc180 on Facebook. We have a great Facebook page. It's updated multiple times a day. Or they can email me at chris at inc180.com. That's awesome, Chris. I really appreciate your time today. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate right. it. You're welcome. God bless you. God bless you, too. Seems like all I could see was the struggle.
Thank God redeemed. Wow. We have so much to be thankful for because of what our Heavenly Father has done for us through Jesus Christ. Before we close out, I'd like to read a couple verses here in Psalm 103 that really sort of tie in with the mercy of God. Verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. There are so many benefits who forgives all thine iniquities, who heals all thy diseases. Just some of the iniquities does he forgive? Or does he forgive all of them? It says all. Does he only heal some diseases? No, he heals all diseases. Verse 4, he redeems our life from destruction. He crowns us with loving kindness and with tender mercies. He satisfies our mouth, verse 5, with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Hop down to verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor has he rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that reverence him. How high is the heaven above the earth? Well, pretty high. As high as the heaven is above the earth, that's how great his mercy is towards them that reverence him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Well, how far is the east from the west? Unlimited. The east and the west never meet. You go east, you're never going to go west. You go west, you're not going to go east. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he has removed our transgressions from us. I would say there's no trace whatsoever. Like as a father loves his children, so the Lord loves them that reverence him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field. So he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But, verse 17, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that reverence him, and his righteousness unto children's children, 
to such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. Verse 19, The Lord has prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. What an awesome, gracious, merciful, loving and kind Heavenly Father we have. I'd like to thank you for joining us today on The Solution. All of The Solution Radio Shows are archived at thesolutionradioshow.com where you may re-listen at your convenience. There are also links to the websites of our guests, musicians, and sponsors. Also on the website, there's a page for upcoming events. Currently listed are links to the Believer's East Coast Weekend. That's going to be in Maryland, July 3rd through the 5th. And then there's also a link there for the Young Believers. Well, you've got to be only in your 20s or 30s. It's a weekend in God's Word in Naperville, Illinois. And that's going to be July 24th through the 26th. If you'd like your event listed, send the information to info at the solutionradioshow.com. A reminder that the Praise Line is open 24 hours a day, where you may call in and give a testimony of God's working in your heart and life. The number is 844-705-3410. We'll play some of those testimonies in upcoming shows. And if you have any comments or questions, please email info at the solutionradioshow.com. Please keep in your prayers the expansion of the Solution Radio Show. We are currently looking into expanding the broadcast to radio stations in both Colorado Springs and Las Vegas. And due to the wonders of modern technology, we know that we have listeners all throughout the United States and countries around the world, including the Netherlands, England, France, Norway, Ireland, Switzerland, and the United Arab Emirates. I recently received back from the printer two pamphlets, You Are Righteous Now, and the solution. If you send me your mailing address, I'll send you one free of charge. The Solution Radio Show is listener supported. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois 60567. That address is P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois 60567. There's also a donation link available on our website. And thanks very much to our sponsors, the Carter Group with offices in Chicago, Dallas, and Minneapolis, Mortgage Springs in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Morningstar Computer Training and Consulting. Please visit the sponsors page on our website to find out more information about the Solution Radio Show sponsors. A very special thanks to Chris Baker today and for his sharing at 180inc.com. Have an awesome rest of the day. God bless you. You are God's best. You're tuned to The Big One, AM 1280, WBIG, Aurora, Naperville.